Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. Morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, please take your seats. It's... Uh, really an honor and a privilege of ours to be here and uh, thank you so much. I really do need my iPad because I, uh, like Moses, I can't function without my tablet. Uh, It was our duty to be here today uh, simply because uh, you lost a very great man a couple of years ago, and Cheech and I were unable to be here. And uh, we loved so much Pastor Doug. And uh, I know it's time has passed, but our condolences to uh, Lady Helena, to Julian and Sarah and the rest of the family. I was telling Lady Helena that if, if I wasn't married, I'd be trying to get her phone number today. Looking good. And to Julian, who's an altogether brother, and Lady Sarah, God bless you. And it's good to see a number of pastors, Bishop memories in the house. God bless you, Bishop. Thank you for being here. Uh, Apostle Jonathan James is here. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And uh, thank you to Pastor Kevin Beavers, who very carefully and meticulously drove me from Birmingham this morning. And he chose to do the country view, uh, which was very interesting. I got to see a lot of England, which I don't normally get to see. And to all of our family members, thank you for being here. And before I read my message and present my message to you, I just want you to know that I am a Liverpool supporter. Yeah, baby. Get alive, Julian. The stats don't lie, amen. Uh, We got in fairly late last night uh, because of the the service we had and so on. And uh, Chichi couldn't be with us this morning. Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow morning to go to Nigeria. I'll be in Nigeria, leave Thursday. What are you doing here? You should be in Nigeria. (laughs) And I get back on Friday morning and we'll be preaching downtown London somewhere on uh, Saturday and Sunday. And so it wasn't possible to go, to, you know, for Chichi to come here, drive back to Birmingham, to drive to London. So she passes her love. And I was quite intrigued by the fact that everybody was asking where Chichi was and how she was, and nobody was asking about me. <laughs> and uh, she does really pass her love. And also from Bishop Brooks, he passes his greetings and love and so on and so forth. All right, let's go for about 40 minutes. I'm going to be preaching on the subject, the just live by faith. Say that. Say it with a little bit of passion. Let's go to James 1.22. James chapter number 1, verse 22. Does Dunstable have a football team, by the way? You do? Are you in the Premier League? Don't hate. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so, if you are confessing the word, as you should, holding fast the confession or the profession of your faith, if you're saying to the mountain, at some point you're going to have to do something to possess the mountain. At some point you are going to have to cultivate the field and put a seed in the ground. At some point you are going to have to roll up your sleeves and harvest the seed that you've grown, Mark chapter number four, 
uh, talks about first the blade, then the ear in the corn, then the full corn, then the harvest. At some point, you're going to have to move from the book of Job to actually getting a job. <laughs> because faith and works go together. Faith and works. Say faith and works. Say that again. So if you have a great gift and talent, that gift and talent must be developed. I'm now in chapter number 11 of the book of Hebrews, starting from verse number 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must, must, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Chapter 11, verse 11. Through faith, not by faith. Through faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Everything in the book of Hebrews is by faith. The exception is Sarah, not by faith, but through faith. Sarah received strength to conceive seed through the channel of faith. It wasn't by faith, it was through the freeway of faith. And so this morning's message is based on the life of Sarah. The book of Hebrews theme is everything is better. As we say in Zimbabwe, it's more better. And everything in Hebrews, it's a better covenant. It's a uh, better book. Everything is better, including the way we serve God. He's talking about moving away from rudimental obligations of ceremonial service uh, in terms of sacrifice. He says that uh, if the blood of goats and of bulls could remove sin, how much more the blood of Jesus. And then he begins to transcend from Hebrews chapter number one, who God who at sundry times spoke to us through the prophets, but now in these last times has spoken to us through his son. He then comes to the book of uh, chapter number 11, where he says that we had access to God through rudimental obligations and services. He now says there is a better way that is a way through faith. Talks about having a better priesthood, a better sacrifice. And he says we now have access as Abraham did through faith and by faith. And then he begins to list uh, categorically the achievements of individuals that were most unlikely to succeed. But their success is attributed through the vehicle of faith. It is scriptural to ask God to increase your faith. Uh, from a world that we come out of, we were told that you shouldn't ask God to increase your faith because that is showing a lack of faith. And if you ask God to increase your faith, it's showing a lack of faith. Therefore, you cannot please God because of your prayer. But the disciples asked him, said, Jesus asked him, said, increase our faith. And Jesus shows them how faith can be increased. And so I think it takes faith to ask God to increase your faith. I'm just saying, I was quite fascinated uh, that in the UK, there's a food bank. I would not have expected that for a first world country. And so I took a little car picture to show our church that uh, struggles are everywhere. And enough said about that. Slide number five. Faith must be worked. Say that. What a boring congregation. Say faith must be worked. So we go from faith to faith. The minute you ask God to increase your faith or you ask for faith, he puts before you an almost impossible task. 
Because it's going to take faith to achieve what is almost impossible. He asked a 90-year-old girl to have a baby. He asked a man that was 100 years old, that was barely on roller skates, to be the father of many nations. And then Abraham had so much faith that when he was 146 years old, through Keturah, had six more kids. Because he, cause faith goes from level to level. Amen. That's the garlic and onions he was eating. So then you need faith for certain things. So in Sarah's case, in Sarah's case she firstly had to receive strength. So it took faith to receive strength. It was going to take faith to carry a baby and to push out a baby, then to nurse that baby, and then to grow and raise that child, and then to protect the gift in that child. James 2.14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say that he has faith but doesn't have works? Can faith save him? Even so, faith, verse 17, if it has works, even so faith, if it has works, is dead, being alone. But will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? I've been saying for years, from the year 1980, actually from 78, when I first moved to the city of Harare, uh, I was living with a missionary there, and I watched Pastor Ladder build a church uh, in the most unlikely place. The church was a handful of people, just young people, really. Uh, I was the praise and worship leader there and one of the older people in the church. I was barely 21. And uh, the next oldest people were the Johnsons and then the Levendales. And they were in the age group of my parents. And so uh, when the missionary left, had built a building. He was on the list of 17 for a piece of land and was on the bottom of the list. And I watched him work through faith, acquire that piece of land uh, in, with the most unlikely congregation because our offerings were small. I still have records of my offerings that were given there of the books. Some of the offerings were like 16 cents, uh, 25 cents. They, it was very rare that we had anybody give more than $2 in the offering. And based on those financial records, with a building that was going to cost close on to three, $400,000, through faith, he acquired that piece of land and the church stands there today. That's where memory, Bishop Memory and that bunch got saved. So when I was put as pastor and leader of that church, didn't have a car back then, and would walk home and would pass a piece of land. It's 55 acres. And one night, just had a handful of coins. I felt like Jack in the story of Jack in the Beanstalk. I took my only coins and put them in the ground and said, nobody will own this land except me. And uh, when I got home, Chichi was like, Where's the beans? <laughs> but as the years have rolled out, at, on the 12th of, of uh, August last year, we had a groundbreaking ceremony. We own 30-something acres now in a piece of land that was most unlikely. And when I buried my coins in that piece of ground, I was doing it to what I call prophetic instinct. No money. But instinctively, I knew that one day I'd own that land. 38 years later, we broke ground. And we're building Kingdom Cathedral. There's a little car uh, backdrop of what Kingdom Cathedral will look like. It is going to be almost seven stories tall. We'll seat 5,800 people. There's a mini mall in that bad boy. And uh, if, in the words of Dobie Gray, if you could see me now. <laughs> a 
And inarguably, one of the worst economies that our country has been through, Zimbabwe always goes from stages. We go from not more better to more better. We go from worse to worse. It's like, can we get worse than this? And the answer is yes, absolutely. And at the moment, there are long fuel queues. Some of them are two, three kilometers long. Bread has gone up. It's just, it's just crazy. And it doesn't even make sense, Bazalwani, to be building a church, a cathedral, in this backdrop. But uh, at some point, 2020, when we dedicate the cathedral, everybody is going to know that no man could have pulled this one off. So number one, faith brings strength. Say strength. You have to have faith to receive strength. I mean, James chapter number two, verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac? It was the work that justified Abraham. His very act of trying to take his son's life in obedience to God the Lord said, now I can trust you that in blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplication, I will multiply you. And so to go to the next level of pleasing God, there has to be a ridiculous act that you have to perform. At every beginning, sisters and brothers, whatever it is, there's always a war. There's no beginning without war. If you are going to build a house... The war starts where you have to cut down trees. Sorry, tree lovers. It's either you keep the tree or build the house. The war is you got to cut down trees. You have to drill through rock. You have to dig into the ground. That's war. And so every beginning demands an act. If you are going to possess the promised land, even though God has given it to you, it's an act of war to take what rightfully belongs to you. And you have to have the will to war. It takes faith to receive strength. Because if you're looking at a manna like Goliath, who's standing almost 10 foot tall, and you're just a little boy, and you are defying that giant, you are going to need strength from within. I learned from uh, especially Ghanaians. Ghanaians have this uh, uh, incredible... Um, physical appearance that they have a, um, an emotionless face. You, you don't know whether they are afraid, whether they are happy, they just have this look. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. I'm, I'm, and so we have a number of Ghanaians in our church. There's a couple of doctors that uh, serve our son Bernie one of them is Charles Bannerman and uh, I never know if Dr. Bannerman Charles is happy or if he's not happy uh, he just has this very stealthily looking face you know when he shakes my hand and he says to me it's good to see you I'm not sure what that actually means <laughs> whether it's, it's good to see you because you are paying fees for your son to come see me or you are genuinely happy to see me and so you need that kind of a face uh, when you are facing a devil or an enemy or a task. I was at a restaurant in Atlanta some years ago, and there was a blues singer, and he was singing a song. <laughs> and the title of the song was, I Hate to See a One-Eyed Woman Cry. <laughs> Stop it. Don't... <laughs> Don't let the devil see you flinch. You could be terrified and trembling from within, but you just have this Kwame Nkrumah look. Mina, Mina. You just have this look because the thing is that even a dog can pick up a scent of fear. And so through faith, you're looking at an impossible task. Don't let the devil make you fear. Have a stealth look that even though inside you're trembling, but your exterior uh, posture is that of faith. 
not only will I take out this giant, I'll take out the giant. And a young man asked me earlier, what's the name of the devil's mother-in-law? <laughs> You'll take out the devil and his mother-in-law. Amen. Seeing then that faith without works is dead. Everyone say, Father, give me works. Slide number eight. Faith is an act. Please say that. Say that with some, with some zist. Come on. Say that again. Every one of us worshipped here. Uh, it's doubtful. I'm not sure if anybody besides Sarah has actually heard God speak to her uh, audibly because nobody can look that good without uh, God having to speak to you visibly. Uh, it's like Sarah. Let me tell you about Julian. And uh, it, it takes faith to worship. What proof do you have that he actually exists? Uh, Super Ted over there was singing in keys that uh, humans can't sing in. I'm like, <laughs> it takes faith to worship something you haven't seen and pray to someone you haven't heard from. And so... It demands demonstration. I loved the way you did your offering and that little piece of throwing a check in there. That was uh, a lesson for us, which we will import for home, especially in a building fund, uh, building moment. I think that's a good idea. Thank you for teaching us something that was wonderful. But faith is an act. Uh, I can't use this example because of who brought me here. Faith is a life. Faith is a life. I mean, you can't, uh, at some point, you're going to have to ask the girl sitting next to you, marry me. At some point, because faith is an act. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Faith is a life. Lester Summer was teaching at some place, and he said, somebody said to him, oh, we admire you, such a man of faith. He said, Really? I'm a man of faith. He said he didn't know he was a man of faith. People identified him as a man of faith. It's just his lifestyle. From a boy, he said the Lord told him to go and have a crusade. And uh, he organized some farmers to come together. And he told them, he said, I don't like you guys. I'm here because God has told me to preach to you. I don't like you. I don't like farmers. And he said they thought it was a joke. They laughed. And then he didn't know you have an offering, and so one farmer took off his hat and said, you need to put something in here. And there were 10 pennies in there. And uh, the next day he said, uh, the Lord told him, tell the people if they don't have money to bring pigs and chickens. And he said they brought pigs and chickens, and uh, the old boy that brought his hat took those chickens and pigs, took them to the market, and they raised $300 and paid for the four-month revival that they had. And then the Lord told him to go to China. And he went to China with 12 pennies in his pocket. And there were individuals that uh, a man, older man told him, said, who told you to go to China? He said, well, Jesus. He said, well, how much do you have? He said, I got 12 pennies. And the old man told him he was a fool. And uh, he said, uh, you're going to die in China. He said, well, send me a little plaque that says, here lies Lester Summerall, who died believing God. And so as the years went by, this man came to apologize to Dr. Summerall and said, I wasn't aware that you were walking in faith and that God was going to use you so mightily. So men and women of faith don't become men and women of faith. It's the lifestyle. It starts here and you start growing. I'm told in Zimbabwe, in Harare, what a great man I am. I don't even know what that means. I'm just walking in something. It's just the way Chich and I do things. And apparently it's great. Angazia and I don't know how they can say it's great. It's just what we have to do. The pastor here, uh, the late great, was an incredible man of faith, but so humble. Uh, when they asked me to serve... Dr. Cirillo in 
a mission to London. I was like so amazed and blown away by the whole thing. And last year, the year before, I was with Dr. Cirillo at uh, Archbishop Margaret de Yosa's conference in Benin City. And uh, I was ready in bed. Dr. Cirillo had arrived late. And so I got a call to say Dr. Cirillo would like to meet me. And so I just jumped out of my jammies really quickly and put on some clothes. And uh, Dr. Cirillo said to me, he said, oh, Tudor, it's so good to officially meet you. I've heard what a great man you are. I was like, really? It's like the ant eaters telling the ant he's great. And I'm like trembling there. And then the next day he gave me a glide, a lift in his plane back to Lagos. And I was sitting there trembling in the presence of Dr. Cirillo, who is so humble, doesn't know he's great because it's a lifestyle. I kill giants for breakfast. Really? It's a lifestyle. I bring down walls of Jericho in the afternoon. You're a great man. It's a lifestyle. I stop the sun in the evening to Ambama, and you tell Joshua he's a great man. I don't even know that. Turn to somebody and say, faith is a lifestyle. Faith. Say it with some passion. Number three, faith is what you perform instinctively. The Lord didn't tell Moses' mom, make a basket. Fagim Tuana in the basket. Put the basket in the river Nile. A normal mother would not do that. I mean, the Thames is a small little river compared to the river Nile. You guys are impressed by that little car river of yours called the River Thames. Ah, eat tributary that. The river Nile is over a mile wide where Moses was put into the river with giant crocodiles. What mother in her normal mind would take a three-month baby and put a baby in a basket and put a baby in the river Nile? No normal mother would do that. Turn to her mother and say, are you normal? Why did she do that? It's instinct. It's instinct. It's prophetic instinct. What normal young man would face a, a fighting machine like Joshua, like uh, Goliath? It's instinct. It's not God telling them to do it. It's prophetic instinct. It's the faith that works within you. To go and claim a building, to claim that you're going to preach in a stadium, it's all prophetic instinct. It works by faith. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Shout, Father. Heavenly, Father. Heavenly Father. Expand my faith. Expand my faith. just live by faith when your trust ends, when your trust ends in your personal ability, and your faith ends in your personal ability and extends to a level that you've not seen before. Teacher and I got married in February 82. I used to be, used to live with a missionary and uh, part of the benefit I had back then was a motor vehicle. And then when he left, all of those benefits ended so Chichi and I had no vehicle. My dad gave us a car uh, that he got at a um, car breaker place. I don't know what you call it here where cars that are in an accident are taken, and a scrapyard. Yeah, there was a piece of scrap, I'll tell you. It was a, it's, it's a Nissan Datsun station wagon, and uh, it was in an accident, it was sideswiped on the driver's side, so the door couldn't open on both sides. So to get into the car, it was either jump through the passenger side or go through the window. And so, Normal days, I jumped on the passenger side, go through and drive. I hated that car. That car was demon-possessed. Ah, uh, that car had a demon, a big demon. And it would always break down at the traffic lights, especially where Chi-Chi and our friends would be going home. And so this particular day, uh, car broke down right there on Kenneth Kawunda and Julius Nyerere right by the traffic light. You know, sometimes when it's turning orange, orange is the new green, so you just like go through. 
uh, of course, not in the UK. And so, yeah, the car right there by the traffic light and cuts off. So I said to Chi Chi, open the bonnet. And so she pulls the thing, open the bonnet, and so I had to suck petrol, spit it into the carburetor. And I'm saying to Chi Chi, start, but Chi Chi's nowhere to be found because she's hiding. <laughs> and so I'm saying, start, start, start. So now for me to start the item, I had to come back into the car, jump through the window, except. Jump through the window, then start. I'm saying start. So then I went and started choking the carburetor. Then the item backfired. And a blue flame. I had a mini afro. Just a And when I came out, I looked like uh, a Don King. My hair was gray, eyelashes gray, eyebrows gray. And I was a bit dazed. And people were laughing at me. Hey, I hated that car. I hated that car. But that's where we started. And one day I got home from Bible school and there were four stones in the driveway. And, and now I knew I had married somebody that was Penga. Uh, Chichi, I thought I knew she was crazy. Because there were four big stones in the driveway. So I didn't know whether you were saying, you're not allowed to come into the yard. This car's not allowed here. You know, it's block, stop, amen, whatever the case might be. And so I just parked the car outside, and I said, what meaneth these stones? <laughs> and she said to me, this is where we are going to park a brand new Ford Laser. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a Ford Laser. And so then I was like, in my mind, I said, like, and so I was then convinced every day we'd go and pray on those four stones. The Ford laser is here. The Ford laser is here. The Ford laser. So faith started working. Faith started working. Then I started seeing Andrew. Ha! There are Ford lasers in the city. Suddenly there's a Ford laser there. There's a Ford laser there. There's a Ford laser there. It was almost nine months, ten months to the day when Chi Chi put the stones there. A uh, man came to the uh, bank where I was working and said, your name has been put on a short list to get a new car. It's called a Ford Laser. I said, really? He said, uh, yes, it's a yellow Ford Laser. So I phoned Chi Chi. I said, we have a Ford Laser on the list. The problem is we need $1,700 as a deposit. And so she was, if God has put us on the Ford Laser list, we've got the money for it. And we only had like $37. And Chichi was working that faith. Amen. She had strength to receive. I didn't have strength to receive. Two are better than one. She had strength to receive. And she was helping me to receive. Helping to re Because I was thinking about how are we going to put petrol in this thing. She was, we need the car before you think about petrol. <laughs> and a short story very long. I got the title for a Ford Laser. The day we had to pay the deposit, somebody came and said, uh, I was praying last week and I was disobedient. The Holy Spirit told me to give you $1,000. That was Harry Salbon. He brought $1,000. We, need we needed $1,700 more, uh, $700 more. And in the course of the day, that all filled out. And I remember going to fetch the car. There was just enough petrol in the car for me to get home to Bible school and back home. And when I pulled into the yard that day, for the first time in 10 months, the stones were not in the driveway. Chichi had removed the stones because faith demands action. BTW we have those four stones in our home where we live now as a monument to what God can do. I won't tell you what we drive now. Uh, that's another story. Faith produces knowledge. Say that. Because what faith does, it gives you experience. And that experience gives you knowledge. You know, we've not been this way before. 
But at some point, you will say, we've been this way before. If God could do it here, He can do it there. If God can give you a brick, God can give you a house. If God gives you a house, God will give you a city. If God gives you a city, He'll give you a country. And so we've been this way before. It's experience, it's knowledge. Your faith gets stronger and stronger. If you could produce Isaac, you can produce six kids from, with Keturah because you know how it works and now you are building nations. Say, Father, increase my faith. Knowledge gives you resolve because you know that you know that God is able. If God could give you an old Datsun, He can give you a Ford Laser. He can give you a Mercedes Benz. He can give you a motor industry. If God can give you one suit, God can give you a wardrobe of clothes. If God can give you one shoe, He can fill your life with all kinds of shoes. Imelda Marcos! And knowledge then gives you resolve. We say in our language, yeah. It's a narrow, it's a resolve that it is not possible to have unbelief. I cannot have unbelief. It's impossible for me to doubt. Now, at 63 years old, to doubt when God gives a promise. That building that's coming out of the ground, out of probably the worst economic conditions our country has had in its history. That building is just growing out the ground. The parlance are coming out the ground. Last Sunday, we were on the land with some of our young people that have given huge money. They don't even know where the money is coming from. It's just God blessing in a magnanimous way because God takes pride in big projects. If you're about to get married and you're a woman, you are about to get an M-A-N. If you are a woman and you're about to get married, an M-A-N is big, is big work. A M-A-N. You are one of them. It's a big project. Going to take all the faith in the world because you are going to raise somebody's child that wasn't raised all the way. I'm one of them. If you are marrying a woman, woo, a woman, ah, you are going to need big faith for a woman. Because they have different stages. Uh, at this time, now in this season, I'm in the book of Song of Solomon. Thou art my love, my dove, my wah, wah, wah. I'm a bit nervous because I'm about to enter into the book of Judges. <laughs> it's a woman. I uh, certainly hope it's not going to be in the book of Lamentations. Amen. <laughs> it's a big project. You are going to need all the faith in the world and then you have the audacity to have children. Do you know how much faith it takes to raise a child? And then they grow to be a new species called a teenager. Oh, you are going to need faith. God is telling you I'm giving you the moon but you can't drive from here. Uh, what's this next little town of yours here? Watford. Just down the road. And God is telling you, he's sending you to China. And you don't have faith to go to Watford. Baby, teenager, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, grandfather, great-grandfather. All of those are stages of faith in your life. It takes faith to break Pharaoh's grip. It takes faith to enter the promised land. It's all faith on different levels. Shout, increase my faith. Shout, increase my faith. Let's come to our conclusion here. And let's jump into slide number 11. Say, now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. 
That is like so boring. Say, now the just shall live by faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Donovan is here with Bernie. They started in our church when they were teenagers as Bishop Memory. He came, he was 19. What's that, 30 years ago? Somewhere around there. We were just kids. We were paying the bills, they were dancing. There was so much energy there, the way him and Lavinia were dancing, he used to dance, 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 and we were all dancing there, and they were walking out without an offering. And we had to pay the mortgage and the lights and all of that, pay the bus, put fuel in the bus. We had to have big faith. It took faith for them to get to the church. It took faith for me to keep the lights on. But as the years have rolled up, rolled on, their faith, he's believing God for all of Oxford. Was believing God for a small little bus fare. And Jonathan and this bunch, they were just little kids, teenagers coming there, praying with us. Energy jumping, 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 jumping. And I was like, it's going to take more than jumping, Shah. You're going to have to put some money here to pay some bills. <laughs> the just live by faith. We increase in faith. We grow from faith to faith. Slide number 12. It was Habakkuk that wrote it the first time. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. My dad, had, my, my dad and mom had 10 kids. Dad worked on the railways. And out of the blue one day, he resigned from the railways. No paycheck. Uh, his siblings came and told him he was lanyard and crazy. How can you leave? Some of his older cousins came there and in our presence were screaming at him. And the crazy thing about it is that after dad went into full-time ministry, we ate better. There were better meals. I was like, why didn't you leave work five years ago? <laughs> and uh, saw some unique miracles and my dad would send us to places he would say, I'm not sending you to an easy place. I'm sending you to a difficult place. And we saw how we lived by faith and walked by faith. Before we knew there was a Copeland and that bunch, Dad was walking by faith and taught us how to live by faith. Tell your neighbor, say, you have to live by faith. You have to live by faith if you're going to shake the world. If you are going to change this generation, it's going to be by ridiculous faith. Slide 13 and we're done. Is that music? Don't play. Don't play. You're telling me to end. Don't play. Lift up your hands. Don't play. Lift up your hands. Up higher. Higher. Keep them there. Keep them there. Hallelujah. I feel like Benny. Hallelujah. Don't worry. I will end. I will end. I will end. I will end. It's like hint, hint. Everything we do in God is going to be by faith. And we live by faith. And so we ask God, slide number 15, the last slide. Through faith, Sarah herself receives strength. Say, I receive strength. I receive strength. It's going to take just as much faith to receive strength. Why do you receive strength? So that you can conceive. You have to have strength to conceive. And then you have to have strength to receive seed. So it's strength, receive, conceive. There are three levels of, of, of faith. Strength, say, I receive strength. Say, I receive strength. I'm going to take faith to receive strength. It's like when the Lord told Sarah, you're going to have a baby, she laughed. She even named her baby Laughter. Because she laughed that God would do such an impossible thing. 
Who's laughing now? I announced one Sunday in our church, we were in intense prayer. We used to pray a lot. I used to pray with Martin and Sharon Jackson. And never forget the night when there was an explosion in that prayer meeting. It was three of us. And the Lord spoke to me as clearly as I'm speaking to you that I would preach to a million people. And I would be part of a million soul revival. And I was so excited. I announced it in our church. The missionary came and grabbed the microphone out of my hand and said, that's demonic. It's of the devil. Don't receive that. This young man is egotistic. He's proud. And cut me right in front of our congregation. I don't know if you were there, memory. Just cut me by the knees. Last year, I had the unique privilege of preaching for Papa Adibuye at the Redeemed Conference in their new campus. And that campus is three kilometers long. And uh, he apologized that night. He said, it was a Thursday night. He said, this is a moderate group, crowd. It's 1.8 million people. He said, it's just unfortunate that you and Mensa couldn't be here for Friday night. He said, because tomorrow night there'll be as many as 3 million people. He was apologizing for 1.8 million people. <laughs> and I remember standing there holding the microphone. And in the words of Dolby Gray, I was saying to that missionary, if you could see me now. When I was just a boy. When I was just a boy. It seems impossible now, but you'll walk it out. Stand with me, let's pray. I had a wonderful dream last night. I went to bed fairly late. Uh, we got back late to the room and I was getting text messages from around the world because most people in my world know that I'm a very serious Liverpool supporter. I've actually got the shirt in my in my bag, which I will put on just to irk Julian and the rest of you Man United people. No, oh, whatever. No comments, just move on. The whole idea about what people know about us in our world People know that I'm a very avid Liverpool supporter and so on and so forth. And it's more like a point of contact and uh, getting people to communicate and create conversation and so on and so forth. But uh, in all of those things, what people cannot deny and what people see so evident is the work of faith that Cheech and I have. The buildings we own that we bought with no money we own wonderful buildings in the city center in Harare. We bought those with no money. Not being irresponsible and being frivolous and foolish. And so I had a wonderful dream last night. I dreamt Julie and I, and I were uh, standing on this platform. I couldn't remember the platform, but we're standing here. And he was playing a Fender Strat. And I was playing a Telecaster Fender, and we were singing together, just a simple three-chord song. And in that song, we had a moment. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit showed me that your pastor is literally going to be going around the world from here and going to be liberating many. And the reason for that three-chord song was it's a very simple song as this congregation and this little car town of yours is a simple place. But from here, your reach is going to be very far. And Sarah will receive strength. And uh, you'll have an armor bearer with privileges that will take you around the world. And don't worry about mom, she's going to be fine. 
your kids are going to be fine. This church is going to be fine. Because as your reach begins to go into the anointing of your grandfather, Dr. Cirello, God is going to be sending. Your sending is going to be great. But you're coming back with trophies. That this church will celebrate. Brazil, Argentina, China, parts of Africa. Amen. I won't mention names just in case you get discouraged. Amen. Parts of Africa, Malaysia. God's going to send you there because the apostolic gift is coming in your life so emphatically. drink espresso in Colombia from this little coffee shop of yours you drink espresso in Colombia God's going to send you to Kenya and the sending is going to be great and it's going to be amazing how revenues are going to come and as that anointing comes on your leader it's going to be translated into the lives of men and women here if you have two hands, lift your hand of strength. Say, Heavenly Father. Let's do the tune, Hallelujah, Andre Crouch. Father, we thank you for this great church. In a little town like Nazareth, that great things are coming from here. That you're sending Julian. He's had a taste of what Dr. Cirillo has done. They've served so well. They served dad and mom. And thank you for Sarah, who is so amazing, so amazing that you're blessing this power couple and that you learning them steps, teaching them steps, showing them steps on how to pay off a building, but how they will pay for crusades and pay for buildings around the world and raise money for pastors and from this center, empower leaders around the world. Thank you for gifts. That their food basket's not just going to be a food basket, but it's going to be a thousand iPads for pastors in underprivileged countries. That from their live streaming here, many will be touched. That their Bible school will touch leaders from around the world. And that as a young man, men will start, double his age, will call him dad. We thank you for that blessing. We receive strength to conceive seed. In Jesus' name. Thank you for having me this morning. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Come Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you. And you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.